0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Real Talk NFT Podcast, where we talk all things Web3 and NFTs. Super excited to have a guest on here today, Scott, who has a lot of experience, not only in Web2, but I dare say Web1 as well, (laughs) if I read that correctly. Uh, And you've done plenty of things in in the tech world, raised millions of dollars. But more recently, you're the CEO and co-founder of Jump.co, which is an NFT company, Web3 company. And I love talking about and Web3s. Uh, but before we dive into that, why don't you give our listeners here just a brief intro and bio about yourself?
1: Yeah, so, uh, so I've been in tech for 20 plus years. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, technical glitches. Uh, not, my, not my home office. Um, <laughs> So, uh, you know, started off in tech 20 plus years ago, cut my teeth at Amazon, turn of the century, um, got really active in open source and open technology specifically, uh, co-founded the open ID and OAuth foundations 10,000 years ago. Um, and then from there moved over to the business side of the house, um, started a mobile push notification company we were the first ones to do push notifications, um, mm-hmm. Raised about 50 million in venture capital, scaled that business up. Um, uh, this is so know, we can blame you for the push system. notifications that I see every yeah. day. <laughs> my my, <laughs> my apologies, 100. <100%. laughs> um, percent But there was something really cool around this concept of you know the right message for the right person at the right place at the right time, and and that was it was cool at the time. Of course, it's been you know kind of abused a little bit. Um, let's be honest. Um, and then from there, uh, my co-founder and I, who I've been working with now for close to 12 years, um, we started a point of sale system for the cannabis industry that we sold in 2017. Uh, and then pretty much since about 2018, have been dabbling in and around uh, crypto. Uh, we built up and, and spun up a, a pretty significant mining uh, infrastructure. And then, you know, Ethereum went through, you know, yet another crash. Uh, so we, we got out of that. Um, and then, you know, sort of uh, 2022 came along and we said, you know, there's something here. There's too much investment. It's bound to go through a, a bit of a, a hiccup in terms of a bubble bursting. We see this with, you know, Web 1. We saw it with Web 2. And uh, so we kind of we said, okay, well, let's let's look at the intrinsic, the real things that are interesting and compelling here. And really it was, we thought NFTs are, are exciting, not in the idea of profile pictures and, and people buying, you know, pictures of apes. That's, that's you know, to me an anomaly. Where it gets really interesting is the concept of provenance, the concept of ownership that's verifiable on a blockchain. Um, Those to us were really, really interesting. And when we we started thinking about how can we turn this into a real business, it meant mating that with physical, you know, the real world and and specifically physical assets. So how can we create digital representations of those and then do more interesting, you know, sort of put a layer on top of that whole thing. And anyways, we can talk more about that, but that's. Kind of my, my background in a, a very, very quick, uh, you know, brief intro, although it was probably a little too long.
0: <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, that's, that's, it's good to hear all the experience that you had, you know, with some significant uh, advancements in technology that we, even I use today. So to see that, you know, progress into Web3 is, you know, something I'm very excited about. I think all companies today have a Web3 division now, and it's kind of inescapable. And you're, you're, you were ahead of the trend in 2018-19 to get ahead of this. Uh, and i'm really enthusiastic to ask questions about jump because jump i see it on here it talks about mm. expertise in collectibles i love collectibles emerging asset classes that's how i found out about nft's and web3s because i truly saw it as a an asset class first and then as a disruptive technology afterwards which is kind of weird uh, and, and investments so yeah tell us about jump and what you guys are working on
1: yeah so again we you know we, we really tried to look at the the you know crypto space web3 and nft's as a whole and what we realized is, is you know, there's this concept of, of physical collectibles, and this could be you know, trading cards, sports memorabilia, fine art, vintage cars, gems, you, know, you name it. There's a whole range of these different assets. Um, and traditionally, you know, it's, it's difficult to, to buy and sell those, mainly because you have to verify a buyer and a seller, and then um, how do you transport the items, and all those kinds of things. And so there have been a couple pockets of areas with trading cards, gems, fine art, and others... Where they've sort of solved the problem where they, they'll take the asset in, they'll verify it and vault it. Now you've validated the sell side. Now buyers can come in and, and purchase that and you know, potentially leave it there or move it to their own vault or take it home, those kinds of things. And so what we realized is if we could leverage that existing infrastructure and provide a framework that allows you to take the, that known Web2 you know, physically stored asset and create a essentially an NFT around it, you can now layer a set of services around uh, borrowing the physical asset, lending, uh, money against it because you know there's a, a known value for it because it's a physical asset with real world value. Um, you could potentially fractionalize it, although that term is sort of a, a bad term to use. We, we say really licensing utility around that physical asset. Um, yeah. so there's this range of services. It's almost like providing an AWS or Amazon Web Services on top of this physical asset. And it's all, it's all, um, driven by the fact that we can digitize it in the form of an NFT. And um, and so that's, that's what we've been doing. And the way we approached it was instead of us just spinning up a marketplace and we say, hey, everybody, show up and use us, trust us. We instead mm-hmm. have been partnering with folks who already have existing vaults, who already have existing communities, who trade these collectibles, um, have the trust of those folks. And so we have a white label solution that allows them to basically, you know, get into Web3 in such a way that, Allows them to extend their brand into it, um, and ultimately we power all those transactions for them and help them, you know, handle the the heavy lifting of Web three and, you know, sort of going back to um, sort of what happened with mobile. You mentioned that you know folks all have a Web three division now. Well, the same thing happened in mobile, and what happened was um, you know somebody, a, a CIO or a CTO, pointed at somebody and said, "Hey, you're in charge of mobile now." And they're like, Mm -hmm. what do I do? And what they needed to do was find a partner who would help them navigate mobile. Because, you know, in the case of mobile, there was no just sort of silver bullet that solved everything. It was an evolving thing that was going to have an impact on your entire business process. Well, the same thing is true for web three. You're not going to bank on just a specific blockchain or an L2 or whatever it is. You need to navigate your business process to transition to having, you know, to leveraging web three. Um, just like most people spun up you know uh, a mobile app they were mostly marketing tools it was folks like starbucks and espn that realized this is going to fundamentally change how i engage mm-hmm. with my consumer because i have them i'm in their pocket all the time right. and i can you know enable mobile, mobile ordering and all these kinds of things so the same thing is happening with web3 and all we've done is built a platform that <clears throat> really makes it easy for folks to to be able to do that and still you know handle usd um, you know, and, and, and get their money out and and actually have trust that it's actually gonna work over time. And that's I think, you know, it's weird to talk about trust in what was designed to be trustless, but you know, it's it's turning mm-hmm. out more and more that trust is actually going to be a critical factor for the success in web three. So yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's a hurdle that I I ask this question a lot to a lot of people that I bring on a podcast, which is can we digitize or you know turn into an NFT in an existing you know, asset or collection that users have. And it it seems that you have kind of not solved, but are looking to help bridge companies with this existing user base and and asset already to help them get better utilization. And there are hurdles, like you said, like trust. And uh, I bring this up because that seems to be an issue for, um, i just use one example. For example, I interviewed the owners of Blockbar, not an advertisement by by any means. Sure, sure. but I asked them, can you take an existing wine collection or a whiskey collector, which I have many friends of, and digitize that collection and leverage that asset or, you know, utilize it in a in a way where it's not just sitting on a shelf per se. Um, so can you, and you mentioned there's like a third party uh, verification in terms of different, you know, sectors. Uh, is there, there's no silver bullet. So can you give us an example of a use case? Yeah, it's a great point. Yep. Yeah, it's a great
1: point. It's something that, you know, we've seen a lot. of. There's a lot of companies do, trying to do some of what we're trying to do. And I think some of them are trying to bite off a little bit more than they should in the sense that <clears throat> authenticating these items, storing them, vaulting them over time is, is an extremely difficult problem. And it's one that uh, other companies have solved. Um, you know, this idea of people sending, you know, let's just take trading cards as an example. Somebody sent yeah. us, you know, 10,000 trading cards. We're not experts in trading cards, but we, sure. we know people who are. And then, more importantly, we're not experts in trading card. We wouldn't be able to validate the third-party authentications for them. We wouldn't, you know, know the best way to store them. So, so why not leverage folks who understand that and help them? Again, you know, effectively bridge that. Um, same thing is true for fine art, for gems, for you know, a variety of different spaces. And again, each one of those has their own sort of, you know, unique issues in dealing with those those pieces and ultimately where we end up is <clears throat> we're going to end up powering all these um, you know, marketplaces for these folks. They're going to have interesting compelling businesses. They'll be instead of being disintermediated completely, they'll actually get to ride the wave themselves. And <clears throat> the way that our our solution works is we actually can roll up their inventory into jump.co. And by doing that, you essentially would be able to come to Jump.co and say, Hey, I, I would love to be able to participate in this ecosystem. And I have $10,000. I want to put a little bit into Tom Brady. I want to have some fine art. and I want to do you know, something, you know, a piece of a vintage car. Awesome. You can do that. And now your portfolio, you can see it. And there's a means to get liquidity. But more importantly, there's a, a pathway for you to understand that, yes, this is actually all verifiable. It's real. It's trusted. Um, and then when you think sort of five, 10 years down the road, when you have maybe a family office that has, you know, 10 or 15 million dollars they need to put to work, they mm-hmm. can pick across a range of 25 different assets. They pick their favorite assets. They make an investment across those, and, you know, it's basically solved for them. And they can get liquidity when they want, or they can hold, or they can do all the different things they want to do. But again, it all comes down to that fundamental component of trust. And being able to link a, you know, an NFT, a, a digital component to a physically verified asset, um, yeah. th- that is just so, so, so critical. And, and, you know, for us, I don't think the crypto purists will be super psyched about a lot of what we do because, you know, <clears throat> we, we maintain a custodial wallet for most of our users because they just don't have the hassle or care or know or want to do it. We require KYC for everything that we do. It's just we have to. These are real world assets. This is generational wealth. Um, these are folks who just you know don't care about the ups and downs of technology and and you know the new widget that's out today. They they care about you know again you know these valuables that they they've had for a long time. And so that's kind of the way we've tried to approach it to really be sort of the shepherds of this mm-hmm. as we as we help you know go through this. And we're learning too as we go because you know this this landscape is continuously evolving and. Um, you know, Lord knows the last year has been uh, uh, a trial in in commitment, as it were. I, I think uh, I don't know about you, but my, my Thanksgiving holiday weekend was was probably the most painful one in my entire tech career because I've, I've made some bets before and, and they've panned out. Uh, but I've never had folks look at me and go, wow, are you OK? Like, is everything OK? Are you are you broke? And, you know, it's like, no, no, no. FTX was was an anomaly. That's a that's a scammer. People are still validating blocks on the blockchain. And. You know, the, the, this thing is moving forward. That wasn't a fundamental <laughs> right. problem with crypto. So anyways, um,
0: yeah. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting holiday for me. Had a couple of those questions as well. <laughs> uh, I had a question for you. Uh, and excuse me if there's not the right comparison, but I've made some purchases through Rally Road. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. Um, it's sure, like you invest- yeah. invested product. And they're kind of the opposite. They're taking... Assets that maybe family offices would purchase, some NFTs, they're not fractional. They're fractionalizing them in a different way where they're commercializing them with LLC and selling shares against that or common stock, or whatever. Yeah. Um. How, how is Jump different or, or I'm sure there's better efficiencies with turning it into an NFT versus you know, turning it into an LLC. Now, what, what can you talk me through yeah. the differences <laughs> so and the benefits was, uh, of that?
1: Yeah. The way that I believe the way that Rally Road does it is, is the reason they do the LLC and they create shares in that. Um, I believe they're registering them with the SEC. Mm. Um, you know, our, our take on this is, um, and to be, to be totally candid, we've spent a lot of time and legal effort, um, as well on this. So there's the tech component, but then there's also the legal mm. framework that people want to know that they can trust, That if they use this, they're not going to get sued or, you know, those kinds of things. I mean, that's a that's a really, really important thing. And so, um, you know, as as far as we're concerned, uh, we don't believe that these are securities because what we're talking about is a digital representation of a physical asset. And that physical asset actually has utility associated with it. Um, You know, if it's a Babe Ruth rookie card, there's a lot of people who'd love to own that, but can't really afford to own it. But they'd love to have, you know, a piece of it and be able to participate in a community around that and the things that come along with that. In other words, maybe there's events that are associated with that or, or you know, that community wants to go in and buy or, or purchase something together. Um, you know, we can help facilitate that for them and do it in such a way that they feel comfortable with it. And the framework that we've done it with. Um, uh, you know, we believe doesn't require um, us registering it as a security, and you know, just as somebody, um, you might own a, a timeshare that's mm-hmm. not considered a security. Um, and I think one of the big reasons around that is because there's there's essentially consumptive utility. I, I I may buy a timeshare and then sell it later for a profit, but I've been able to enjoy that timeshare, and that's something that. That is true of collectibles as well and and you know there is i don't know if you've spent time with trading card people but they're really passionate about trading cards and in Mm. their in their you know in the name of them it's about trading um and i think you know so much of this this um you know the community around these 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 whether it's fine art and others has been so unapproachable for the layperson um because you know you had to pay to play and in this case what we're doing is saying yeah you, you can pay but you can pay a smaller piece and get to enjoy some of the benefits of of you know this fine art, these trading cards, sports memorabilia, you name it. And to me, that's pretty exciting. And so, um, you know, we'll be uh, I'll be able to share a lot more about this here in the coming you know month or two. I'm, I'm hoping um, because we, we really again you know believe firmly that um, this isn't a security what we're doing. It's it's really about this consumptive utility around a physical asset. And you know, again, it's it's I think it's really important to remember that. You know, the SEC is an administrative body and they have laws that, that they're in charge of, of basically uh, administering. And, you know, I think one of the big problems and I'm going to get U.S. centric here a little bit is one of the challenges mm-hmm. we've had with crypto is because we didn't embrace it here in the U.S. Um, it was always so arm's length uh, mm-hmm. and there's so much misunderstanding of it. and And because of that, it's been pushed offshore and bad actors are doing really, really bad things. And guess what? U.S. consumers are getting caught up in that. And had we brought this in and, and brought it closer to the vest, I right. think, uh, I think we'd be in a much better spot, both for the industry, but also for consumers as a whole. And so that's what we're pushing forward. And I know that's a, a long, you know, five or 10 year, probably a 10 year, t- 10 year challenge to sort of change some of these laws, but that's definitely on our radar because we have to do it. We, it's inevitable. This is the, the, you know, the, the cat is out of the bag and it's inevitable that we're going to be seeing more and more of this web three piece. How do we you know maximize it and make it you know the best experience for consumers and for
0: the industry as a whole so definitely yeah, went uh, on a rant there sorry joe <laughs> <laughs> no not a problem yeah we're definitely in the midst of the the storm of you know development with everything that's happened with ftx and most recently genesis and uh, even gemini uh, so definitely need some framework <laughs> like you said to help guide us and bring things closer here
1: yeah and you know i i'm glad you bring up gemini i'm sorry to kind of cut you off there i think um you know, look, if you're doing wash trades or you're, you're doing exchange wash trades, uh, that's disingenuous, right? You're you're, you're moving uh, money around to make it look like you have more money or to, to inflate the value. Yeah, that's that's wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. But, um, you know, I, I think the Gemini folks, you know, had it in their minds that if they could actually offer this earn product, it's very much like um, – an inter, you know, earning interest on a savings account. At least that was the idea, and I think that's how they went into it. Unfortunately, they're getting caught up in the Genesis, who just you know mm-hmm. today I think filed for bankruptcy. Um, who got caught up in FTX? Who got caught up in Three Arrows, Who got caught up in Luna? And this whole decentralized mess is getting you know knocked down by you know a couple of bad actors. And so I, I find that to be kind of fascinating. But again, you're right. I mean, it's, it's uh, it, we're in a weird place here, and my concern is that the SEC is going to. Going to kind of over um, over regulate this. I mean, if it were up to the SEC, if it was the late '90s and the SEC was in charge of the internet, we'd all still be sending faxes right now, and that's not mm-hmm. okay. We 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 can't. We, we need to, to let this thing. Uh, we need to see this innovation. We need to see that continue. Otherwise, it's it's going to go somewhere else. And guess what? It's not going to be in the U.S. And that is extremely extremely bad, uh, in my opinion. Again, from a U.S. centric um, uh, point of view. So
0: yeah. Definitely, some lessons learned here. A little bit of leverage, which brings me to my next question. As you know, a collector of sorts myself, and I have friends who are big collectors of you know trading cards, like you mentioned, big boxes of it, and shoes through StockX. I have friends with just a whole entire room of shoes that they barely even open yeah. the door, but it's worth hundred thousand dollars behind that door. And then I have a, a friend who has a whiskey bar that's completely full, so he has to put it in his closet where his clothes are because it's just overwhelming but these are all assets i would i would say and how would the average person leverage uh, this with jump or would they have to go through the intermediary like you said to to verify this and how's that process you know um i know that's built out for a lot of things but uh for a lot of lay people like myself you know we want to utilize this technology and uh and bring it back to to over leveraging like we want to leverage it but we don't want to Get in trouble, you know. How do we, you know, kind of watch for sure, that for sure. I mean, there's, there's,
1: uh, it, we're still super early days in this, and and if if you think about, you know, sort of the original dot com crash in 2001, um, you know, the, the the big companies of those days were, you know, Alta Vista, Yahoo, AOL. Um, none of those, you know, really even exist or exist in, in such ridiculous forms. It was after the crash that the, you know, YouTube's, Googles, I mean, Google arguably made it through the crash, but, um, YouTube, Google, Instagram, Facebook, um, all those folks happened after the crash. Um, just like, you know, Airbnb and Uber happened after the crash in 2008. So, um, you know, we're, we're, again, it's super early days. And I think that the next big brands are just forming right now. Um, we're hoping of course, to be one of them, but, um, and so yeah, I, I would say to the, to the layperson, you know, uh, choose your partner carefully. Um, you don't want to be just sending this thing off to somebody's, somebody else's closet to store, um, somewhere, find a trusted brand that's going to do that. And, and again, we'll, we'll have a lot more info about that, but the the way the process will look is is very simple. You'll actually go on, you'll you'll verify who you are, you'll verify that you're sending this thing. We give you, you know, where you need to send it, how you need to send it. Once it gets there, we tell you that it got there, and now we're gonna we're gonna verify that it is what you said it is, and that if there's any third party authentications, we're gonna verify those as well. And once that's done, it's listed in your portfolio. You could actually just leave it in the vault if you want to. Um, and it's a safe place. And, and if you want to list it down the road, great. If you want to take possession back, awesome. You can do that too. Um, but, uh, I, I actually see a, a future where we have these vaults, you know, all over the world. Um, just like, you know, we used to have data centers in downtown, mm. in the downtown area all the time because you had to be close to your servers. Well, nobody needs to be close to their collectibles, I mean, to a certain extent, unless you want to kind of visit <laughs> them, which some people do. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I think I foresee that sort of you know global network of these these vaults of, of assets and collectibles and then their digital representation. Um, of course, the careful thing there and the reason this has to be on the blockchain is we have to verify those things because it's right for um, you know these scammers and bad actors to say yeah 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 I have a bunch of stuff in this vault right over here you know trust me you know and again that's where this whole trust thing comes down to and so um, I think a, a whole new generation of trusted brands are going to emerge from this and uh, so for the lay folks just tread tread carefully and and you know you know make sure you 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 choose wisely is what I would say. So.
0: It, it it sounds I, uh, amazing and ideal because there's so much I wouldn't say junk that I have and, and my uh, cohorts have, but it would just free up so much space. There's to yeah. put it in a vault and have it be leveraged in a way where it's it's you know profitable for myself. That just sounds like amazing. I'm thinking of Amazon. I don't know why I'm thinking of Amazon warehouses as I'm envisioning this, where you know they they store everything and then if someone wants it, you know maybe not fractionally the whole the whole thing, it could just uh, be tran- um, transacted really easily online. That sounds, I haven't heard of that. That sounds pretty cool. That would be amazing. Well, and it, there's, there's another component to this that I think
1: is really important. There's a lot of artwork and, and, um, you know, interesting collectibles that are locked away in vaults or closets or private collections that don't see the light of day. And mm-hmm. that to me is really unfortunate. Um, and the reality is most of the owners of these assets aren't incented to want to bring them out, right? They, they own them. Why do they want to share it? Right. What, what's the point? Um, and so, one of the mechanisms that that we're pretty excited about will be will be announcing here later this year is this idea that you could take a, an asset, um, you know, that maybe is a, a fine piece of artwork, and you could offer up, you know, some percentage of it uh, for people to to be able to um, not necessarily own it, but they get access to utility around it. Um, and anytime that the people trade those those access to that utility. Um, they essentially will be generating a transaction, which then gives a kickback to the title holder. The idea here is that if you bring and show it to the light of day to share with a community, you should get some Mm. kickback for that and earn earn some sort of, you know, essentially a residual on it for uh, bringing it to the light of day, as it were. And uh, and I have to use a bunch of different language around this because of the securities laws around this stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I can't say fractionalization or own part of it. And that's and that's fair, um, uh, because, you know, I, I do think that with this this digital representation and how NFTs work and the, the fact that they can provide utility, um and coupling that with physical assets i mean this is a brand you know this is a new world order we're talking about and i think that's why the vocabulary gets really really tough so yeah
0: yeah tough but this seems like this new generation is really grav- gravitating towards and teaching myself i, I consider myself an older generation uh, to catch up in in financial lingo that i otherwise would have never learned i would have never knew the, known about automatic market makers uh, prior to NFTs funny enough i knew they existed in crypto but i really learned more about it within the nft space than i did ever did in a crypto space and i mean that's something that's pretty mind blowing to me I
1: actually I, I was at i think i was at ETH denver last year and uh, we we were just getting uh jump going and uh, i ran into to a you know a younger uh, a younger person at the at the show and i don't really, I mean i'm kind of dated myself already but I was like, he's like, oh, where are you at? I'm at, like, we're at jump.co. He's like, oh, cool boomer domain, bro. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I am old, geez.
0: <laughs> Anyways,
1: thought that was kind of funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, 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 you can, that's absolutely correct. Cause the first thing I typed in was jump.io <laughs> cause I'm thinking, oh, you anything know, yeah, sure. that, that io. Yeah, and I actually come from the domain name world myself. I spent eleven years there. So that co I'm very familiar with, which is a Colombian country. Oh, that's code. funny. Yeah. <laughs> I actually met the one. Only- well, it's funny
1: yeah, it's really funny. Yeah, I mean the yeah. domain space has been I mean, I remember I got of all the domains I could have picked, I got Kaviton.com, my last name. Um, and it was back mm. when you could basically email the registrars and, and say, Hey, I wanna grab this and it's for <laughs> me and you know yeah. Uh, and, uh, and of course that's the one I got. I didn't go for business.com or, you know, anything interesting, right? Like I, I right. had to go after my own, my own domain name, but it's interesting too, to see what's been happening with ENS domains, unstoppable domains. Again, yeah. it's a, another, you know, another grab.
0: So yeah, it's fascinating. Absolutely. Well, I have a question for you since you're deeper in the space than most. What's your, you know, what, what do you see NFTs have, uh, you know, this year and maybe in the long term uh, or, or anything that you want to see happen with NFTs and Web3?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh we'll look back on, you know, 2021 and sort of laugh about how we spent millions of dollars on on these, you know, these profile pics. Um uh, but it's, you know, th- this happens. It happened with Tulips that happened in the early internet days. Um uh back in the early 2000s. It just it's an inevitable cycle, but if you if you sort sort of take a step back and just think about the fundamentals of this idea that, yeah, 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 people will just create these images on the internet, and as they create new ones, they, they increase in value. Like, just it violates the laws of supply and demand, right? So, right. Um, so but, that, you know, I get it, right? Every, everybody, you know, there's always with a new technology, there's, there's speculation, it leads to, to, you know, hype, which leads to overinvestment, which leads to a crash. But ultimately, over time, the technology itself, you know, as it becomes more pervasive, Um, becomes, uh, uh, you know, more and more interesting and and more and more compelling and actually provides a real world value. And for me, I think the the idea of NFTs essentially, um, you know, monetizing, uh, uh, you know, access to things or, you know, monetizing essentially scarcity. Right. Um, I think that's a really, really interesting thing. Um, It also has some opportunities for things like sustainability. Right. A brand mm-hmm. now might want to think about how they how they manufacture something because it needs to to last 100 years um, because they might mm-hmm. potentially sell it four or five times and see a residual on that. If we mm. if, if that can actually happen, that's really, really exciting. And again, NFTs are that, that fundamental building block for this. I think for that to happen, and this is a whole other discussion, we need to solve this royalty problem, which is royalties need to be enforceable, um, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this idea of people skirting... The royalty is gonna, I think, gonna set NFTs back, and and you know one of the things w- that we're doing with our smart contract is we're we're gonna force royalties. You may not like it, then don't use our solution at all. Go go do your own solution. That's fine. Um, but I, I just I think it's really really fundamental that that royalties be you know be honored. So anyways, sorry. Again, I I, no. I I can digress when I'm caffeinated, my man. So
0: no, uh, you know I absolutely agree. Okay. I believe royalty should be be honored, and I think the uh, Gabe Layden, and the uh, one of the founders of uh, DG DaiGaku was had an interesting article about this. How uh, wrapping a smart contract, uh, wrapping your NFT in a smart contract, um, can help enforce royalty. So that's still a new development. Uh, nothing you know that I've seen adopted widely yet. Yeah, we, we've actually been working, we've working actually, on that.
1: Yeah. That's exactly something we built. Uh, we actually just went through our security audit, a security audit of our um, smart contract around specifically, basically doing that, um, which mm. is you know wrapping your your NFT in such a way that it, it'll force the, uh, um, the the royalty. And so, uh, anyways, I mean, it's it's all you know. We're all still. I feel like we're still all you know, kind of banging rocks together. We're still so early yeah. with this tech, and uh, yeah. but it's it's good. It's it's you know what, what gets me excited is with when you when you can really nail the fundamental building block the things that you can layer on top of it get really really interesting and that's that's what's got me excited and that's why i know that the whole web3 thing is inevitable when you go to these events like eth denver and um, you know the solana hacker events you know wh- whether the price of eth is up or down nobody's talking about that at the event they're they're talking about right. some specific problem that they're really passionate about and they're so excited about building for it and you can't, manufra- you can't fake that, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that, to me, is, you know, we saw it with mobile. We saw it with, you know, the early web. We saw it back in the 90s when people could just, like, connect computers to each other. Um, people would build dumb stuff because they could, and it was cool. And out of it came utility, and then that turned into businesses. And that's exactly
0: where we're at with Web3 right now. Yeah, you brought up a good point about brands building products that will last longer. I know IKEA is testing their physical products with an NFT twin trying to make emotional ties between an owner and like a desk or a chair so that they can take care of it better. And, and, and their idea is to maybe not last 100 years, but for you to take care of it better so that when it's handed off, you could kind of have like a Carfax of sorts of, hey, this is the what this physical asset has been through. So interesting to see that use case and you mentioning, you know, just different pivots that brands will have to make because, you know, of, of this technology. So, man, this is exciting. And I can't wait to really see what happens next year because we we really just scratched yeah. the surface in 2021 where we came in we came in through the art renaissance versus you know the actual utility of the technology and I speak for myself because I came in here I was like oh this is a great speculative asset let me start collecting and then dive and open this uh, Pandora's box of what it really is
1: totally totally yeah I mean it was uh, I actually just went to Art Basel in in early December uh, down in Miami and you know same thing right you've got this traditional art space that is you know very refined and very clubby very clicky clicky um and then just the nft people just aping in you know hey we're here we're we're doing this thing and it's just you know i I actually really love that disruptive you know component of it and it's it's actually what you know gets you excited about it and you know gets you up in the morning um just how crazy it all is because you you know something's happening here it's just a question of how you ride the wave essentially so
0: yeah yeah well, we're glad you're here building the uh, road tracks underneath us and uh, guiding us along the way. So love to have you back on to see where Jump is in year so I can send you all my assets, you know, 10x leverage them and we could be off to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> love it. All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks so much for having me, Joe. I really appreciate it. Yeah, love to have you back on, Scott. I have all your links down below and we'll definitely keep in touch and um, see where we are in a year. Awesome. Thank you. Five, five.